Hey guys, it's Annie, and this is another episode of Growing Pains. Today we're having our friend Brinley on. She's been on before, and we're going to be talking once again about losing our friend Andrew. It's a hard topic for us, but also a lot of laughs are shared and good memories too. So sit with us while we talk about what it's like to go through pain alongside friends. You know, with growth comes growing pains. When you're growing, it's painful. This is Growing Pains with Annie. I'm excited to, you know, grow with you guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Growing Pains. We have a dear friend of the podcast, Brinley. Hello. Um, and we're here to talk, we're here to talk about the fun topic of losing friends at a young age. I know the intro was much more cheerful than the topic. <laughs> But yeah, I, and I think it's funny now because I there's like a joy to it because a lot of the pain I feel like has kind of not that it's gone away, but it's I guess I'm more numb to it because it's been around a while now, yeah. And so now I can focus more on joy than pain, and I think that you know, 2019. If you and I had this conversation, I don't think I would have been able to. No. We tried to have this conversation. We did. We tried to have this conversation <laughs> at the beginning this of COVID. One. This is <laughs> touching things. John's over here like, ah, can he stop moving? <laughs> um, yeah, we did. This is a conversation that we had. And when we were having it, and it was actually a conversation we had before I started the podcast. Yeah. And I said while we were having it, this is a conversation that should be recorded in like a podcast or something. Here we are. Manifest destiny. <laughs> but yeah, so we talked about it a little bit before, but um, in 2019, we lost our friend Andrew to cancer. And if you want to hear more about his battle and the timeline of that, uh, there's an episode titled My Friend Andrew, and you can go and listen to that. And that explains his whole story. But Today we're going to be talking more about how we've grown from losing him. And so, yeah, it's it's like a hard thing to talk about. It's not something – I wouldn't wish this growth on anyone. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, Brindley, how do you think you've grown as a person from losing someone that close and that young? Because we were 21. When yeah, he passed away. the main thing is just how young he was because it's someone like you don't expect to bury your friends. Yeah. Like you prepare yourself more like from a young age that you understand you're going to outlive your grandparents and your parents. But yeah. when it's a young friend, it just feels so different. And for me, as you know, I just didn't handle watching him have cancer well. So him and I were like really close up until he got sick kind of and then I just wasn't there for him in the way I should have so I grew more from that after losing him and dealing with the guilt of it and the regret of not taking every moment that I could and not seeing him more and that's how I've grown most because the more like the longer he's gone and the longer I think about it I just wish I had not been so absent those last few months with him yeah I had I, I remember we had a conversation and this really stuck in my mind and I think it was the conversation either the day he had passed away or the day after mm -hmm. and you had kind of said that and it was one of those things where I think it's easy from the sidelines to be like well why isn't this person doing this and why isn't that person doing that and you yeah. know like all this stuff and I just remember the moment that you said that to me of like, well, I, I didn't, you know, like I didn't go and see him as much as I could have or should have, or, you know, all that. And I'm going to have to live with that guilt. I just remember my heart breaking in that moment for you and any like time that I'd ever been like, what the heck? Like, really, why aren't you seeing him? Yeah. Just melted away because I was like, no, that's not, that's not it's true. not that I didn't want to. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've lost three of four grandparents to cancer and I watched two of them pass away I was there when holding my grandma's hand when she passed away so I watched them in their final days and when Andrew started to 
get worse and worse, I just couldn't watch it, you know? Yeah. Which, again, that's on me, and that's something that I'll always live with. And I know that Andrew wouldn't ever... And he told like we had a con- he and I had a conversation in the hospital once, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't like about you in specifics, but just about him saying like, "I get that cancer is hard for people, and yeah. that this is like a touchy subject for everyone, and like I don't hold that against anyone because hospitals are hard and can't yeah. you know sickness is hard, and I think he was very well aware of the fact that it's not usual to see a friend yeah. in that situation. And thank goodness Andrew had that perspective. Because <laughs> right. whenever I think about it and I, like, regret not being there for him, I think, like, Andrew wouldn't want me to just be sad about what I missed out with him. He'd yeah. want me to be happy about the years of friendship that we had and all those FaceTime calls in college and yeah. all those fun times we had, not the last few months where – for lack of a better term, I was just a crappy friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lack of better if term. If he really here, much. he'd be giving me crap for it. But. That. <laughs> That's so true. He'd be like, remember that one time? <laughs> when I had cancer and you weren't there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and like I said, I, it sounds funny that we're like, they're, we're finding like the joy and the light in it. But it really is. It's not because it's not painful. It's just it's that. It's just come with time. Yeah, it's come with time and we're used to the pain now. And uh, it's it's very fitting that we're recording this, this you know, in this week because last week was his birthday. Yeah. And I think when you and I called to talk about what we were talking about this week and just going over what it was, it was interesting because you had said that he had been on your heart a lot lately. Yeah. And... I, you know, coming up to his birthday, had been thinking about him a lot and just kind of replaying over and over again just that final moment in the past year, almost, I guess it's like a year and a couple months Yeah, since we lost him. And it's just so strange that, you know, we've grown so much and so much has happened, but because for me, I think my growth in it has come a lot from seeing the big picture of life. Yeah. Especially when, like, you're at the end and, you know, someone passes away. You're, like, trying to, like, remember every little moment. Yeah. And you're, like, looking through every picture. And and I remember there was one moment where I was just so obsessed with trying to find some video that of him saying my name in some capacity and i just remember like does anyone have any any videos of andrew saying my name anyone anyone all like and i was just i was obsessed with it because you try to hold on to every little moment and i think when he passed and like over this you know this grieving process and this growth it's really just been realizing that it's the bigger moments yeah it's all of the times that we were able to laugh and all the memories we have and not the last one or not like hyper-focusing on the few, but just like finding the joy in the many. And the thing with Andrew, and (laughs) as you mentioned in your podcast about him, is his laugh. Oh. (laughs) And like, I think about his laugh randomly. Like, I don't need to watch a video to hear it because I know that laugh by heart. Like, I've heard it so many times throughout our years of friendship that like you just you could hear it you know yeah i really not need to watch a video to hear it when you know like when you've heard it so many times that's so true oh man yeah that's so true (laughs) but i think one of the biggest things and i've talked about this with you know other people is we had a very close group of friends for a very long time yeah which is, you know, it's not – I remember one time we were visiting Andrew mm-hmm. when he was sick. And for whatever reason, our middle school guidance counselor oh came to give gosh. him a present, right? Yeah. So she comes in and she sees him, our friend Jolie, who's also been on the podcast, and me. Mm-hmm. And the three of us, are, our moms are teachers. So she's automatically like, oh, my gosh, you three, you're all still friends. Oh, my gosh. Then she looks and sees you our friend Mackenzie and Jared, all of us having been friends from, you know, eighth Forever. grade on. And she was just like, 
what the heck? You're all still friends. And I think that that really was like this telling moment of like, man, I guess this isn't normal to be friends from like middle school. And I remember being in middle school and you know how like you tell your parents like, I'm going to be friends with them forever. (laughs) And they're like, and my mom would be like, you're really, you're probably not going to stay close to them. Because it was when we went to separate high schools. And oh, I was like. yeah. And she was like. I'm different. I went to a different high school. <laughs> yeah, you left us. She was like, you just have to accept. Like, you're not going to be friends with them forever. And I was like, yeah, we are. What are you talking about? And we really, like, we still stay in contact. I credit going to a different high school. is why I'm still friends with all of you. Oh, especially me. <laughs> We were so different in high school than we are now. That's so true. I don't think we could have handled seeing each other every day. No. But, but yeah, those years of friendship, you imagine a lot of things. Like, I imagine proms and I imagine weddings and I mm-hmm. imagined, you know, engagements and, you know, I like, I imagined all of us like tailgating in a parking lot when one of us is having a baby. Yeah. You know, like those moments. Um, but yeah, the you really don't imagine yourself at a funeral. No, not at all. And so when that day came and, you know, we look around and this is what sparked the conversation originally is because I was telling you when we got coffee one time about how surreal it is to look around at these friends that you've been friends with forever. Mm-hmm. And everyone's quiet and everyone's wearing all black crying. Yeah. And it's and it's truly like an image, like that whole day is slow motion in my mind, but it's an image that's like in my head forever. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, out of all the things I could have imagined all of us doing as friends, it was never that. Even being in that moment, like I remember being at the funeral and just being like, this isn't real. Yeah. And I mean, it just didn't feel real that he was gone and he was up there in that urn. Like I just, my mind did not want to accept that as reality. And being there looking around it, like you said, all of our friends from seventh and eighth grade. And and like beyond that, like Andrew's mom's a teacher in our town. And so it was like all of my mom's friends and all of our former teachers and like kids from our community. Like it was almost like a reunion. Yeah. It was like everyone from our childhood was yeah. in this room in all black, you know. And yeah, it's the most surreal thing that I think I've ever been through. Yeah, it's hard in the moment to really recognize it as like, yeah, this is it. This is happening. Because like for weeks after Andrew passed away, you just want to be like, it's not real. Yeah. And I mean, I and I, I want to hear your perspective of this because I don't think I'm sure we've talked about it, but I honestly don't really remember. Um the day that Andrew passed away, I um, made the phone calls to our friends. Yeah, His sister had texted me and kind of had asked me to. And so I had um, called all of our good friends to let him know that he had passed away. And honestly, I don't know exactly what I said to you. <laughs> honestly, I couldn't tell you either. The day you told me he, because you also told me when he was re-diagnosed. Yeah, he had asked me to When it had you. come back. So... I don't think I could tell you what you said in either of those conversations, <laughs> but I do remember um, I was going over to my now fiance's house. So then we were dating and I took forever getting there because you called me right before I left. <laughs> and so you told me and then I just like, I don't even, I honestly couldn't tell you what I did, but at some point yeah. through the tears, I got up and drove to his house and I get there and I just walk in his room and just like collapsed like and just like laid there in his lap and he was just like what's wrong and I barely muttered out that Andrew had died and that's all I remember from that day like I don't remember our conversation I don't remember the drive to his house I don't remember what he told me all I remember is just like not knowing like what to say like I remember he asked if I was okay and I don't even think I said anything back I just yeah like I don't I didn't know what to say I didn't know how to comprehend it and it was kind of like that for a few days where you know, someone had asked me how I was doing. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know if I'm doing okay with it or if I'm not because I'm trying to process it still. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a surreal thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my, um, my mom's good friends with Andrew's mom and the moms had kind of talked and our, our friend Mackenzie, I had also, I had called all of them. So 
I had called her and then the moms kind of got the word and her mom called her to tell her. And she was like, oh, yeah, Annie called me. And she's like, wow, you guys are really, really on top of it. Yeah. Um, Because I just I, I knew that he wouldn't have wanted you guys to find out from someone else or from like Facebook. Oh, yeah. No. Um, but it's, you know, it's that thing where it, like, I honestly, like, I, I don't really remember any of the conversations. Yeah. I remember getting notified that he had passed calling all of you within like 15 minutes of me waking up and then <laughs> like going to church, like just getting dressed and going to church. Cause all I remember is being like, well, I like, what do I do now? Yeah. Like I, you know, the, the state that, and that's like the hardest thing to come by is like, you know, we, we still had that day. Yeah. And that, and that's like what feels so cruel. I do remember part of that day. I skipped over it. Um, before I went to Jacob, my boyfriend then, um, now fiance, fiance. um, (laughs) Jacob. Before I went to his house. <laughs> He'll be on the podcast soon. Yeah. Number one fan. Number one. Truly. Try to beat him. Um, yeah. Um, before I went to his house, my parents were home and I had to tell them because. Yeah. You don't want them to find out on Facebook. Yeah. And like you said, we'd been friends from such a young age that we grew up having hangouts at all of our houses, which yeah. of course included mine. So my parents knew him really well. And so I just went out and sat with my parents on the couch and. I was already crying, obviously. And so I just like sat down. I didn't say anything. And my dad paused the TV because obviously something had happened. And I think they knew right when I walked out because they had known that it was coming to an end. And I told them that Andrew had died. And my mom like started bawling instantly. And my dad was just like quiet. He didn't say anything. Um, And I had seen my dad cry like once before, which is when his mom died. And then other than that, like, this man does not cry. Now, as he's getting a little older, he'll cry at, like, sad movies. But he really doesn't cry. And then I just look up and my dad's, like, bawling. And which part of it was because Andrew, of course. And I think another part of it was because he was watching me go through that. Yeah. Which was, like, really hard for him. And And we've talked about it since. And he just says, like, you should never have to go through that so young. Like, losing a friend. Yeah. So young. I have this moment, this memory where Andrew had called me when he first had kind of gotten scans er- early in 2019. Mm-hmm. He passed in September of that year. Yeah, He had kind of gotten sca- scans that showed stuff in his lungs. And his cancer was, if it came back, it comes back in your lungs. Yeah. And he called me and he was scared and he didn't know it was just like an x-ray. And he just kind of said, like, they found spots. And I remember being so optimistic with him and then hanging up and just having, like, this heavy dark feeling in my yeah. gut and i called my dad trying to get a hold of my mom <laughs> and i called my dad and i just cried to him and i just over and over again said i'm not ready for my best friend to die i'm yeah. not ready for my best friend to die and i just remember like over the phone i was living in hawaii so it's not even like my dad could you know talk do anything to me. yeah yeah I just remember over the phone, it, you could like feel his like jaw drop and his heartbreak because yeah. he was just like, I like, yeah, you're not like you're not and you shouldn't have to. Yeah. And I think that was one of the benefits of having that group of friends was it wasn't like one of us was losing one of our best friends. Yeah. We all did. Yeah. And it was a pain that we could go through together and yeah. it wasn't something that as it, it's like a personal journey in a way yeah but we had people to lean on which you know still he never i i don't want anyone to have to go through sitting through you know a funeral for one of your best friends with yeah. all of your other best friends yeah but it was nice and like the, the fact that we did all get to sit together yeah at the funeral and just be there for each other like of all the times we talked about, oh, when we're older, we're all going to get apartments next to each other and, <laughs> and we're going to live cut, in the same city. We're going to cut holes in the walls and we could crawl through to oh each my other's gosh. apartments through tunnels. We talked about doing everything together when we were older and just never crossed our mind that one of those things we do together was burying one of our close friends. Yeah. 
It's like um, <laughs> this term that I've been using to describe things is magic thinking. And it's like this idea that you have this magical reality. Mm-hmm. And and so I've just been like, oh, it's magic thinking. And for us to not ever think about that fact of, yeah, yeah well, no one thinks about burying a friend at 21. I hope people yeah, don't think I about hope that. so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, it was magic thinking for us to think that, like, we'd never bury each other yeah. at all. And that, and like you were saying earlier, you think about burying your parents at some point and, you know, your grandparents. And and not that those things aren't going to be hard. Oh, extremely hard. But it's something that, like, you just prepare for it. You go through life knowing that that's you're something you're going them. to do, hopefully. And it's just very different because we've both gone through losing grandparents and not that it's not hard, like I said, but it just hits so different when it's your friend who's 21 and yeah. you've watched him for months suffer through this disease. And yeah. it's just so different. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like trying to think of the timeline. And it's. I remember there was one point, and I actually, I think that you were busy that night and you couldn't come to dinner with us, Mm -hmm. but we have a friend who's in the army. Yeah. Oh, we have a friend who's in the army. Yeah. I forgot about this part of the story. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. This part. Um, he, he actually, we couldn't contact because he was in like a training camp Yeah. and he was going to be in it for another week. And so I remember all of us having like these group chats. And I think the first group chat we made, we kept Andrew in it because I don't mm-hmm. think anyone had, you know, the, the, I don't even know the like gut to take him out of yeah. a group chat. And we made this group chat and someone had just kind of said, what about Mason, who's our friend in the army? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like hearts kind of fell at this idea of one of us doesn't know. And yeah. like, after and we can't tell him we can't tell him and we had just gone through this pain and it was this moment of like to think of another one of us having to go through this pain again and poor mason he was always like a step behind because he also was like the last to know that andrew had cancer he when he found out he had cancer he literally came into town for like he surprised us yeah and it was the first time andrew had had cancer and we're hanging out for like hours it was like a couple days after andrew had told us that he had cancer yeah and so we're all hanging out as a group of friends and we're there for like probably a couple hours before it comes up and mason <laughs> goes what are you talking about and andrew goes oh yeah i have cancer and mason's <laughs> he like goes, what's what? the heck he goes, what's wrong with your knee why are you wearing a brace man and, <laughs> and we all just, just look at each other and we're like oh no and andrew just goes yeah i have cancer <laughs> and mason was like thanks for telling me <laughs> And after that, every once in a while, Mason would call me because we, he, after a while, he was stationed in Hawaii when I was living there. So he'd call me because we were in the same time zone and be like, so are there any updates? And I was like, updates about what? He goes, well, I don't know. The last time I I asked for updates, it turns out one of us had cancer. So now I feel like I just need to ask more questions. <laughs> Poor Mason. Poor Mason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but it's. Well, and then it's, like, stuff like that when Andrew's funeral came around, like, he couldn't be there. Yeah. And so I remember someone, um, like, called him and had it on, like, speaker, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but it's stuff like that where you just, like, never imagine having to figure that out. Yeah. And you never – it's almost that thing – and I know Andrew would have gotten this because – I he and I had talked about this in a to a degree of you're like if I could take on all the pain for everyone involved I would yeah and so it's that thing where it's like if I had could have taken on all the pain of losing Andrew and like spared all of our friends I would yeah and I know that's how Andrew felt in general you know especially about cancer he was like yeah I don't get why it has to be painful for anyone else but me And I think it's, like, that part of that mentality that has helped me grow so much of, like, we can't dwell in the pain. Yeah. Because then the pain wins. Yeah. And it's hard, like, after losing someone so young, Mm 
whenever like like when I graduated college, it was a big moment for me, obviously. And then I thought, well, Andrew didn't get to because yeah. he loved school. He a little weirdo, a little weirdo loved school. Loved school. He's so good at it, which is why it was so easy for him. But when I graduated, it was this thing of like, obviously it was joyful. And then there was that moment of almost like guilt that came in, which is very, at least through my grief with it, comes up a lot. Because then it's like, well, he doesn't get to do that. Yeah. Honestly, Andrew not being able to finish school is one of the reasons that has kept me in school. Yeah. Is school is not my jam like it was. Yeah, we know. We know. (laughs) One of these episodes is all going to be about my conspiracy theories of how college is a scam. An intervention (laughs) for you (laughs) to do your homework. (laughs) I don't have homework. What? Homework? Who is she? Who is she? she? I I was going to say, yeah, never mind. (laughs) But... But I have a picture of Andrew on my wall, and I do school online, so when I get distracted, I'll just, like, be looking around, and I swear sometimes I make eye contact with that picture, and I can just feel him being like, are you serious, Annie? Fini- finish the assignment. Do- finish the class. What yeah. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, geez, okay, fine, man. I'll do my homework. I'll do my homework, geez. But there is that, like, moment where it's like... He like yeah he didn't get to do that and and it's battling like the guilt of being able to and for yeah. me it's like I battle a lot of that guilt and that sense of I like I take it for granted so much yeah and he loved it and he didn't get to finish it and here I am you know it's it's like that guilt of like why did I get it yeah you know like he he wanted it and why did I get it yeah and it's. And, but even that thinking you can't dwell on for too long because that's that's so painful. Even, yeah. And you can't have guilt over what God chose to do in that moment or, you know, like even I think COVID really helped me grow a lot. Yeah. Because no matter what, even if my prayers had been answered that Andrew had been healed, what life would he had been living in COVID? It, yeah. His best case scenario at the end was that he'd have cancer forever. And we talked about that a bit um, once COVID really started was as much as it was terrible losing him, there was almost this joy in that he wasn't here when COVID started. Yeah. Because it would have been so stressful because he was compromised Yeah, for or his immune system was. So it would have been just an added stress for him, for his family, for his friends to constantly worry about COVID yeah. when he was compromised the way he was. Because when he got really sick, like, we all had to be so careful. And, like, one time I had, like, barely a sore throat. And I was, like, staying clear. Like, I'm not going to go visit him yet. Yeah. Because you just had to be so careful. And we talked about that a bit after COVID started up was, like, kind of, like, thank goodness that he did pass away before this, you know, because it would have just been so stressful. Yeah. And, you know, but it, with those like, oh, well, thank goodness, because this, is, you know, that that would have been horrible for him to be there for that. There's also there's also those moments that we thought about when we were younger of like the weddings and the getting engaged and stuff. Yeah. And you are recently engaged. Yeah. Is it recently now? I guess it it's kind of recently. Eh, Close over four months. <laughs> I know the other day I was like to Jacob, I go, we've been engaged a long time. He goes, it's only been four months. I was like, okay, well, that's a significant amount of time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, it was weird. And again, that guilt came back because at first when we got engaged, well, once it kind of like really settled in and it really felt like, oh, we're engaged. It takes a bit to really set in. Um, There was those thoughts of like, well, Andrew should be here. Like, we always yeah. joked when Andrew was alive, we always joked about him being, like, in the wedding party. Yeah, a bridesmaid. A man, And, like, stuff like that. Like, because we were just, we were so close, and we wanted, I wanted him for there for me on that day. And then right after I started feeling that way, once I got engaged, then I felt guilty. Because I was like, he has a younger sister. Yeah. And he's not going to be there for her wedding. 
Like, and she's really going to want him there for that. So then I felt guilty because I was like, why am I feeling this way? Like, and I have to kind of check myself and be like, okay, it's okay for me to be sad about it. Yeah. That he's not going to be there for my wedding and he's not going to be there for Julia's, you know? Yeah. Julia has also been on the podcast talking about her experience with this um, grief of losing her brother. Go check out that episode. <laughs> wow, that was a good podcast voice that moment, man. Plug. Plug. <laughs> Plug. Plug my own podcast on Plug my podcast. <laughs> the second time this episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, there are so many happy moments where even ones that you know, wouldn't technically have anything to do with Andrew if he were here, like, getting engaged. Yeah. But still, somehow that, the grief just slips in there, and it just gets you. Yeah. Because, you know, he he was such a part of our lives. And, you know, going back to talking about going to dinner forever ago, and I remember talking to his mom about it and she just said she saw this picture of a bunch of us going to dinner because our friend from the army was in town, Mason, yeah. and she just went like, he would have been there. Yeah. And I think that's like the hardest part is the moments where you realize you're like, if he was here, he would be here. Yeah. And after, um, after his funeral, we all went over to my house. Yeah. And we had strawberry margaritas in his honor. His favorite. His favorite. And we just went through all these, like, these photos and videos. And um, Mm -hmm. our friend Jolie, who has also been on the podcast. (laughs) How many episodes can we connect to this one? (laughs) She is one of our first episodes. You can um, go and check her episode out. It's all about growing from anxiety. (laughs) And I'm, what this just shows is I just have my friends on my podcast. Yeah. But Jolie, thank God for her. And I really think about this and, and this is kind of going back to like the beginning of the grief is like, you're so focused in the little moments. Yeah. Jolie captured so much. She was, and I remember in the moments when she would have her phone out and videotaping or taking pictures and all this stuff, I remember like low key being annoyed as a like as a child in it. Hey, you know me. You know I hate <laughs> friendly pictures. Hates getting her picture hate taken. It. Hates it. Hate I think it. I have more pictures of the palm of her hand than I do her. I'm getting better, but especially in middle school and high school, you better I get better. You're having it. a wedding. You're gonna have pictures of you. Oh, it's gonna be such a mess. <laughs> I'm going to be dodging the camera. Sorry, Jordan. Um, Jordan's has also, also been, been on our podcast. podcast. <laughs> she was our first episode, which goes really well with this I episode. I so much. And vulnerability. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. Classic. Um, yeah, I always hated pictures, though. And then once he passed away, we had so much of our lives together on photo and video. And I texted Jolie after, and I was like, I don't think I've ever thanked you for taking pictures. Yeah. But I am so glad you always did. In in like <laughs> that the day of his funeral, we went, like I said, we went to my house and we went through these. She just plugged in her hard drive to mm-hmm. my TV and we went through thousands of pictures of us growing up. And videos. And, and videos. And, and there were these moments that had been lost to time mm-hmm. that she had just captured and, and, there's one, um, and it was like my my going away party at the beach or something. Mm-hmm. At one of the times I moved, I don't know. I've done it so it many times. It was the first one. It was to Hawaii. No, it was the first. No, one it was, was DC. DC. That's what it was. Yeah. See, we're all losing track. Um, and we had all gone to the beach because I was yeah I was gonna live somewhere without a beach. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, and there's this video she captured of him laughing, and it's yeah. like you, him, and her. And it, like, brings me so much joy every time because of just, like, the craziness yeah. that was our friend group and that, you know, the idea that we've been through this whole journey together, you know? Yeah. And it's so nice to have, like, genuine moments captured on video or photo. Like, it's yeah. never, like, so many of the pictures and videos that Jolie took, it wasn't, like, okay, pose. It was just genuine us in the moment laughing playing twister who knows what else 
all of the stuff we did over the years, just genuine in the moment, not, okay, smile, like, be fake. Yeah, you know? it was like, she just would set up cameras and leave them recording. Yeah. And we have this one moment, and it's in your backyard. <laughs> it's one of my favorite videos. And you can't even see Andrew. It's just like everyone, you had like a jungle gym in your backyard. Oh my. And you like there's random i'm off camera and off camera some people are playing tetherball some people are on this jungle gym and you just hear andrew go guys watch this and then you just hear him scream and you see everyone's head heads just like turn everyone just goes whoosh and is looking and i just like you can see brinley's face be like oh my gosh and then like you hear me from off in the distance be like are you okay andrew and he just goes I'm okay. <laughs> and I never, like, I had not watched that video. I think, no, I had never watched that video. Yeah. And Jolie played it at my house after his funeral. And I just remember all of us laughing. Yeah. Like, busting up laughing. And it had been the first time that I think we had all laughed together in a long time. Yeah. And I kind of felt like it was the first time that I saw that there was, like, not necessarily a light in the tunnel, mm -hmm. but that we would be able to make the tunnel brighter. Right. And over, oh gosh, it's been a year and a half. About, yeah. There's been so, like you said, there's just been so much more joy where now the joy outweighs the sadness. Where in the beginning, it was just finding little bits of joy within the sadness. Now it's completely switched. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness. And now, you know, for the most part, it's joy. And we could look back on those memories and be happy and thankful for the years we had with him. And then the sadness just creeps in sometimes, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. And I think part of it too is this, like we talked about a little bit earlier, just now where, you know, the guilt used to be of like, oh my gosh, but like his I feel guilty for missing him because, you know, his like sisters miss him so much more, his parents and this and that. I feel like now it's kind of replaced with like this joy of like, I get to see him through their eyes still. Yeah. And, you know, I get to be a part of those moments of, you know, s seeing her grow up and know how much he is still with them. And, and like, even in the same way that I know he's with us. Yeah. And, you know, like we've said, this is not something that, you know, has been easy to yeah. figure out or to grow from. And like you said, there's days where the sadness creeps in and I feel like I haven't grown. And, yeah. you know, I I make the mistake of watching the video that they played at his um, funeral service way oh, too many gosh. times. Way too many times I've made that mistake. And like, there's still moments, like there's still worship songs that I can't listen to. I walk yeah. out of church because I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember showing this to him or like a moment, yeah. a memory with it. But I know that eventually it'll be the opposite where I'll hear, I'll hear it and I'll smile because of it. Yeah. It'll come, right? Eventually. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. We both just start crying. <laughs> but it really is like losing a friend is a pain like no other. Yeah. You don't expect it, but you better just pray that you have good friends surrounding you during it. Yeah. Yeah. Think I, yeah, we've said it so many times on this podcast, but having that circle of friends with us really changed. I can't imagine what it would be like to be on your own through that and not have someone know, yeah. truly know what you were going through. I remember we all like discussed where we were going to, where we were going to sit in the church mm -hmm. at his service. Um, Cause it was a Catholic service and we went to the rosary before. Yeah. And I remember we kind of sat in like almost like a little square, mm -hmm. like taking up two, two sections of rows. And there was one moment where, my goodness his father his father got up to to thank everyone for coming mm -hmm. and we i mean there had been m multiple times where i'd kind of like looked around at all of us and like we said before like 
you're you're thinking in like slow motion. Yeah. Because you're looking around at all of your friends with like puffy eyes and red noses and all black. And you're in this church and you're like, it just doesn't feel real. Yeah. And everyone's telling stories about him and, you know, praying over him and stuff. And it's just like, what is happening? And his dad got up to kind of thank everyone for coming. And he looked at our group of friends Mm -hmm. and he said, and like, thank you to his friends he grew up with, his Alpine friends for showing us what true love looked like. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. lost it. We I all lost I, it. I just like, I just was like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and I just remember, like, I I must have like phys like physically or visibly just like lo- like crumbled, crumbled in some way. Because I just remember, and I couldn't tell you who, but I remember like four hands automatically like the two people next to me like grabbed my hands and like two people behind me like grabbed my, Oh, was that you? Oh, thank you. I was behind you. Right. <laughs> but like two people behind me, like put their hands on my shoulders and stuff. And I just was like, I, there's no way I could have done that without you guys. Yeah. And even to the point of like the, like I felt like a lot of people were looking at us like the people that knew us like the other kids that grew up that were yeah, our they grew age up, but that they were like they're like oh group. those were his friends you yeah. know and it's one of those like really weird moments and i remember when we were walking out um to do the procession to the to the grave to grave site yeah and i had friends who were close to me that knew andrew but weren't necessarily close to him mm-hmm. and i remember like there's there's certain people that will go to those things to not not only support the family and to be there to remember the person who passed, but also to support the other mourning. Yeah. And I remember I had a couple of friends who went because they grew up with Andrew also, mm-hmm. but they like were there to make sure I was okay. And they said that I came out and that's when they lost it is because they could tell that I had been crying yeah. and I had been, you know, and Honestly, I I remember kind of brushing him off. Sorry, guys. I remember kind of brushing him off because I didn't I didn't want to be with them. Like I yeah. just wanted to be with us. I <laughs> my poor parents. Oh yo, they wanted so badly to be the one to like comfort me and like my mom yeah. especially like I wanted to be there mom. and like my parents ended up sitting behind me but I told them before I was like look I'm not sitting with you guys I'm sitting with my friends and they were really my mom was like oh I figured you would but they wound up sitting in the row like behind us but throughout the day like at the little service yeah, afterwards yeah the, like memorial yeah, service after the actual like celebration of yeah the life celebration more. of life yeah my mom like wanted to comfort me and like rub my back and i was just like please don't touch me (laughs) i was like i'm just i'm not open to affection right now yeah i also and i just kept leaving my parents to go find you guys because i was like that's just that's who i need to be with and they were really understanding about it but i just felt and then afterwards i felt bad because they so badly wanted to like be there for their daughter and i was just like "Mm, no it's almost that thing where when it comes to loss like that, I d- and I don't know. I have no science behind this. This is totally um, my <laughs> my own logic. I feel like it makes more sense that you wouldn't want your parents to come for you mm-hmm. because you kind of grow up knowing that eventually, like they won't be there to yeah. comfort you. Yeah, it's just like surreal. Yeah, to to have your kid be going through such an intense grief, and I think that's another thing is you're not necessarily like prepared to like to watch, watch your, your kid. kid go through that because yeah. when, you know, when you're watching your kid going through like grandma dying per se, it's like, okay, well, grandma lived like this long life and you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Everyone kind of knows what to say in those situations. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's hard when people don't know what to say. Like I remember having pastors try to comfort me because I was when he passed, I was in Hawaii. So yeah. I didn't I came back like a couple days before his service and that's when we all kind of got together. Mm-hmm. Um but like I, I would have pastors kind of be like, he's in a better place and he's out of pain. And I was like, Yeah, I I, I know that. And they're like, Don't be mad at God. And I'm like, I'm not mad at God. 
And then they just didn't know what to say. Like they only are pre like programmed to help you if you're mad at God about it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, but I'm still devastated. Now what? And they were just like, well, don't be mad at God. (laughs) You're like, great. I know that. Like this is great. I don't know if you felt this way, but in the, you know, couple weeks after his passing, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think I just didn't want to think about anything because I knew if I started thinking, I would think about Andrew. So there were so many times where poor Jacob, he'd be like, what do you want for dinner? And I was like, please just pick. Like, I don't want to think. I don't just tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. And he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, he's like, I don't I know how give to you help free will. you. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I just want you to be happy. What do you want? I'm like, no, really? You're like, I, I do not want have the you to tell me what to eat. Tell me when to eat. Like, tell me where we're going. And he like, yeah, poor thing. He just wanted to be like, what do you want? And, and I was like, I literally just need you to tell me what to do because I don't want to think. Yeah. And it was like that for like a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Like I was probably so mean to him in those couple weeks. <laughs> Good thing he's your number one fan. He's going to be listening to this. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. Um, <laughs> but I know I was probably so, like, short with him because he'd ask me a question and I was like, don't. Don't, don't ask me a Don't question. ask me for my opinion. Oh, yeah. I – you get so tired of the people trying to make you feel better. Yeah. Because at some so point many... you're like it, like, it doesn't feel fair and I don't want it to feel fair yeah. and I don't, like – there's no logical good reason that, like – I got like, to be here. Like, why do I have to be it. okay with this? Yeah. Like, I get that I have to mourn it and come to terms with and it. And grow but from it eventually. I'm never going to be like, okay, yeah, it's fine that he died at 21. Like, I don't think I'll ever yeah. completely get there. And that's why I think I've I've stopped that mentality of like, oh, like the pain goes away. No, I just become numb to it. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't you hurt as much. Like, it's, it's still the same volume of pain. Yeah. You kind of learn how to manage the pain yeah. and learn to like kind of bottle it up at some points and then let it out later yeah yeah you get i <laughs> when he had first passed it, i had this thing and sometimes it still happens because mm-hmm. it was i had that same thing where i just had to be numb to it yeah because I'd, i if i if you just gave me a moment to think i would start thinking about yeah. it and it, it got really bad because at the time i was like volunteering with my church attendant in Hawaii and yeah. and everyone knew me I just finished a job there and people I had moments where people would be talking to me and I would just start crying like yeah but like s- pretending like I wasn't like the tears were just going down my cheeks and they would just be staring at me I'm like it's fine just keep going <laughs> because, because I was like don't look I don't, at this I do not do not like feed into it like I can't like I cannot handle the insane amount of affection yeah and And that's the thing there were so many people in those first few weeks that were like how are you doing what do you need and that's why i was like please just just stop which is so sad because i know that they're trying to be nice and comforting but there were so many times where i was like can we just not address it we just act like i'm fine and nothing happened and then i'll process it when i can right but like don't bring it up and i always say there's layers to it like his family was at the heart mm-hmm. and then it goes to like, you know, like the, the close family, the like not necessarily immediate family, but like the mm-hmm. other family. And then it goes to like the good friends. Yeah. And so for the people who didn't feel like they were close enough to the family to reach out or to check in or to ask what was going on, they go to the friends. Yeah. And it's like a different kind of, guilt because you you're like i i shouldn't be as sad as his family is yeah but i am so sad and like i don't want anyone else to talk to me like stop asking me like don't like yeah just stop almost like stop being nice to me just like get, get away yeah which <laughs> and, is it is sad because you know they just want to help but it's just so overwhelming and even like our parents like you were saying yeah i remember when i flew in for andrew's funeral i didn't even let my parents pick me up from the airport i had you pick me up from airport I have, you, I have you pick me up from the airport a lot the cheapest flights back from or hawaii or land at midnight so i go hey brother you want to pick me up from the airport it's a tradition it's a tradition now she's my go-to airport pickup your cab driver my cab my uber a yeah. cheap uber thanks usually you bring me snacks too if I anything do. i benefit if you ever need a ride to the airport let me know 
things. But I, and I remember my parents being pissed about that. Like, why can't we pick you up? And it was just that moment of like, and I feel like that really embodied that like moment of grief in that friend group of, I can't sit with you right now. Like, I just, I just need to sit with Brindley because I know we won't necessarily talk about it. That's the thing for with us. At least, I mean, you're the only one I've ever really talked in detail about Andrew's death. But we didn't talk about it until months after oh, he yeah. died. And at first, like, I remember when you had first told me. I don't know if it was the call that you told me he had gotten sick or passed away or something. But all I did was say, how are you doing? Like, with telling everyone. And you were just like, uh, yeah, it's hard, but, like, it's helping me just kind of take my mind off of, like, myself and my grief and just focus yeah. it. And that was all we talked about it until months later. Months. And then we were <laughs> like, so how are you doing? <laughs> that's so true. But we I think that's really, what like, we both needed. Like, I didn't, didn't want to really talk about talk it. about it at his funeral. No. It was more just surreal to be like, did you see so-and-so was here? Did you <gasps> see like, so-and-so? I why they Oh, came. my gosh. Did you see how tall he got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just it really is like it just there's a benefit to going through stuff like that with friends and I think I've seen all of us grow a lot from it I've talked to a good amount of us I was gonna say you've probably talked to all the friends about it I think I probably have yeah (laughs) maybe not Mason sorry Mason (laughs) communication liaison for all the friends is that how you say it we have roles yeah (laughs) My, my role in our friend group is communication <laughs> liaison. Put it on the resume. Your administrative assistant. Thank you. Heck, Good thing I went to college for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, jo- okay, this is all. We could do that later. <laughs> like, Jolie's our photography team. <laughs> Archives. I just, Love it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> but... I think that seeing everyone grow from it yeah, and seeing, you know, where we are now. And then like we kind of brought up that a lot of these feelings came up recently because his birthday had just passed and seeing everyone kind of like celebrate him in their own ways. And a lot of, you know, I don't, I don't post for birthdays, um, but seeing like other friends post, I did post for his birthday. I didn't this year. I did last year, but I didn't this year because it just didn't. I don't know. I just yeah. kept it to myself that day. Well, so I I went over and celebrated with um, some of his family on his birthday a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I was trying to remember so much of like what we did last year. Last year, his birthday was in the middle of COVID. Like, the like very, right when it started. Like the very intense moment in COVID. It was like his birthday is April 12th. And so COVID had just really ramped up. Yeah. And so his mom kind of reminded me that they didn't, like, we didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I went and I dropped stuff off at his gravesite, but I didn't, you know, I don't think I saw them at all. Yeah, there was no, like, there was a party. Yeah. And, and we had, like, a really nice um, one year for him. And I think that's kind of was That was my a great spot. first time, I think, seeing his family after his passing. Yeah. I think, which is kind of crazy that it was... A year later. And it was and it was surreal because it was in his backyard where we had hung out so many times before. Yeah. And it was, you know, with all these friends that we had grown up with and then friends of his that he had made in college. In college. And we were taking pictures in spots that we took pictures when we were kids. Yeah. And it was just this moment of joy in the growth and where we had come from and where we were at. The stairs at your house. <laughs> we have a picture from his funeral we we were day. So cool. We always took pictures on your staircase. I don't know why it's not a special staircase. If anything, it's, it's, it's not, not. It's it not cute. Just like it's a convenient spot. There's a lot. There was a lot of us. We could just all fit. Yeah, in it. that way everyone can kind of stagger, <laughs> and you can see everyone instead of having to go so far out. But we took so many pictures there. And then on his funeral day, when we went back to your house after, we took one there. And I don't think any of us really, like, I didn't at least look at it for a while. But I was looking at it the other day, and I was just like, that's weird. Like, that's kind of crazy. Because we did. We took so many pictures there. And then there's this one from the day of his funeral, right after, where we posed, like, exactly the same. 
reenacted a picture from our childhood with like our little strawberry margaritas. Yeah. And your yours is in this stupid cup. Mine's in my um what's it called? Medieval, medieval times. times cup that I friendly like when we were in middle school said um You can said, I, what cup do you want? And you you said the best cup you have. <laughs> and I said, Okay. And it was just like goblet, goblet. <laughs> and she's she that's her cup at my house now but it's like these things like that where i'm like wow this really there was so much childhood memory in that picture yeah. and recreating it and being like man yeah and and even like just looking back at all those pictures and, and just thinking wow we really grew up together yeah and like thinking back oh, to our yeah. middle school counselor coming in and being like you guys are all still friends all those awkward middle school pictures oh, we don't, we don't all need to the talk bad phases we don't need to talk about they're that. all on camera thanks they're, jolie thanks jolie for capturing those ones <laughs> all there his well, the thing that i love the most about this though is every once in a while i'll get a picture of us that i didn't i don't remember i didn't mm-hmm. know existed and his mom sent me one from the eighth grade dc trip oh god and um, <laughs> and it was just he, like he and I posing in front of some, I think some monument. Philadelphia Square or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know where the Declaration of Independence is signed? It's in National Treasure, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just us posing in front of it in all of our awkward stage glory. And I just like lit up. And I, it was just like this weird, it was just so crazy to be like, man, I really grew up with him. Yeah. And I, I just go back to thinking of like how far we've come. And I, you know, Brendan, I'm going to be so frank with you. I wish I never saw, had to see you grow up from losing a friend. Yeah. And as grateful I am to have been able to watch you grow in all the amazing ways I have, and this goes to all of our friends that I've watched go through this process, I would have given anything to never have seen you grow through this. But at the end of the day, like, I'm so proud of where we've all gotten. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that goes for everyone that I've seen go through this process of losing him. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Uh, ditto you're not good with uh emotions um i know i think i'm pretty great i have a whole podcast about um emotion like things where you deflect every episode (laughs) but whatever maybe maybe that's true maybe you have gotten a lot better through all of this when you kind of pry it out of you (laughs) when you when you poke the right spot the one time you cried in (laughs) Uh, you finally actually cried in front of me hmm. about Andrew, I think. Ooh, interesting. When we were um, at Seaport Village, remember? And I mm. go, I've never actually seen you cry <laughs> other than his funeral. Like, you always just fake cry to me. Like, dramatic. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and I never... Huh. You know, Brindley's this person that's brought this up in my life. I never realized I deflected with a <laughs> horrific fake cry. But I just go, uh. You go, you tell me about when you were crying, but you don't oh, cry in front I of me. D- and you go, and then I just cried. like, <laughs> And that's all you do. <laughs> and I never actually see you cry. You got to find the humor. In the so mind. you really got to pry it out of you. <laughs> but you have grown a lot from it. It uh, I... It, there's a there's a strength in sadness mm-hmm. that I've found through this, and like I said, wouldn't want anyone else to find it. Yeah. We hope I hope no one has to go through that. And it's definitely um, sadness is not something to run from. Yeah. Am I still learning this? Yes. Am I still trying to figure out the growth from that pain? Yes. Is it a little hypocritical that I'm saying this? Probably. <laughs> you know what? It's but your it's, podcast. Yeah. You do you. Edit that last part. We're not, I'm not a hypocrite. I totally do this. <laughs> but, but it isn't. It's not something to run from. And I think, you know, the moment we lost him, there was this moment where I had this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm somehow, somehow I'm supposed to get over this. Yeah. 
and then going through it, you realize that, no, you don't get over it. You yeah. get used to it. It just gets easier and, little by little. And I will say it's 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 been a lot easier having you guys through it. Yeah. So I hope that we don't have to go through this experience again for a very long time. Or ever. Or ever. Well, eventually I'll someone be the first else. one. That way I don't have to go through it again. Um why do you get Can to Can I be call that? that? No. What if I what Dibs. if I, Who's Is that I terrible? feel like you can't dibs that. You know what? No, fine. Have that dibs. Thanks. Rude. See? The humor in the sadness. Emotional deflecting. <laughs> but my final my final question. There's not been necessarily a lot of questions because well. I was there with you through this, so I kind of knew. I guess maybe I should ask questions for them listening, but, you know, I feel like you got the gist. Um, But if there is something that you can tell people, like a practical piece of advice, if they never had to go through this, an advice on how to grow or like wisdom that you've gotten from growing from something like that from this. Yeah. To give to people who might not have ever been through this, what would it be? If that makes sense. <sighs> yeah. You always get me with those last I questions. always feel like maybe I, I hit You right should tell after. me these beforehand <laughs> so I could practice. I, that, well, that's my thing. It's right after I ask them and I go, hmm, that might be a long answer. Um, and then I go, hmm, how would you maybe I should that, have Annie? told them that. <laughs> like, maybe I should start texting people questions beforehand. These are all raw, authentic answers, people, right off the bat. I really think you just have to let yourself have emotion. Like, there were so many times where I, like, I'd cry on the way to work because a certain song came on that reminded me of them. And then I'd feel guilty and I'd try to be like, okay, stop crying. And then eventually I got to this point where I was like, I just have to cry. Like, you're, it's okay. That's okay. Just let it out. Grieve when you feel like grieving and have joy when you're when there's moments of joy and don't feel guilty for that because and I still yeah maybe hypocritical for me to say that because I still no. all the time I'm like I get that feeling of guilt which is so dumb because that's yeah. not what Andrew would want I don't think that's what anyone would want no for their friends or family but you really just have to like just as cliche as it sounds just take it day by day and just let yourself grieve how you're going to grieve. Whether that means, you know, taking time for yourself and, you know, telling people you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. Or if you do want to talk about it, that's okay. But it's just so different for everyone. Like, I mean, we went through this together and there were still so many times where we grieved it so differently. And that's okay because it is so different for everyone. And you kind of just have to allow yourself the freedom to grieve however you need to, to grow from it. Yeah. Oh, you're so wise. Yeah, thanks. I try. <laughs> okay, cut that last piece out. <laughs> it's just a lie. <laughs> no, I'm, I, yeah, I completely agree with you, though. And I think if you had asked, you asked me and then you answered, you interrupted me. It was kind of rude, but whatever. <laughs> um, how I would answer that question. Thanks. Thanks for asking, Brinley. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> But I think, yeah, it's it's a similar idea of you have to accept the pain of it mm-hmm. because denying it isn't what anyone would want. Yeah. And finding those pieces of joy in in the sadness at first and then accepting the sadness within the joy later. Mm-hmm. And the reality of finding the people around you that aren't that aren't going to take that away from you. Yeah. But will help hold you up. Yeah. When it gets a little too much. And you know, I'm really grateful that that was you and that if I had to look around at any people on a horrible day like that, that it was you guys yeah. sitting around me. Yeah. Man, well, Bryn. Thank you again for coming on podcast. The last one, if you want to listen to the last episode with Brinley, um, it's much more joyous, a uh, lot, a lot more funny stories. Um, it's about road tripping. Not what a one eighty. <laughs> not a, not a. Well, we and we 
we've been planning on recording this episode, but it's one of those things that you really have to just be in the heart place for because it's not an easy conversation as as flawless as this interview has been no it's, tears no <laughs> no didn't cry once maybe in the car right home but right <laughs> now we're good but it really is like it takes i have to like when i talk about andrew like this i have to build up a little strength before yeah. i can really go in depth um because there's still sad days and yeah. the pain's still there even if we manage it better but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to our journey and you know reach out if you are growing through something like this going through growing through maybe i'll just start a new term we'll just mesh them together but reach out to us on instagram um growing pains with annie and i would love to hear what you're going through and i'd love to be one of those people that can help support you and you know Everyone needs friends in hard times, and I'm very grateful for mine, and I'd just love to be an ear to listen to your story. So, Brinley, thank you so much for coming on my podcast again. Thank you for having me. We'll start to just make up reasons to have you on. Sounds good. You know, start growing through some more stuff. Come on. I'll try. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day.